0: To date, my students have got to ask questions directly to analysts and data scientists from Amazon, Apple, and Google. They've even got to talk directly to CEOs, CMOs, and presidents of companies who have been former clients of mine to get insights on how senior managers use data to drive their business decisions. If you're interested in becoming one of my students, check the links in the description down below. I'm currently offering two programs. One is a one-month career services program, and the other is an analytics apprenticeship program associated with Greensboro College. In both of those programs, we take a three-tiered hybrid approach. So you'll have access to pre-recorded asynchronous lectures, live group lectures in a cohort setting, and one-on-one coaching with experts in the analytics space.
1: Hello and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast. In this podcast, we talk to experts in and around the analytics industry. One week, we may talk to a data scientist from a FANG tech company. Then the next week, we may talk to a data engineer or business analyst, or even I may pull one of my consulting clients so you get to hear from an executive on how they use data to drive business decisions day in and day out. My name is John David Arianson, and I'm the founder of Silvertone Analytics, which is a boutique consulting agency that focuses on analytics for medium to small-sized businesses. I'm also a professor at Greensboro College, where I teach analytics. Most recently, I have founded the Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program, which melds these two job functions together. This is your opportunity to work directly with me and one of my clients. The Greensboro College Analytics Apprenticeship Program is a three month program. In the first month, you're going to be completing the Analytics Foundation Certification backed by Greensboro College. Then in month two, you're going to be taking that knowledge base that you developed in month one and applying it out in the field where you're going to be working with one of my client's executive teams, where you're going to be solving a business problem using data and analytics tools. Then in the third month, we're going to bring it all together with a full month of career services. Now, this is going to be quite a bit different than the typical career services at a university or a college. Here, I'm going to help you build a professional brand around where you are as an analyst. So in the first month, you have worked with a ton of different data sets. We're going to take the data sets that really resonate with you to help you hone in on your ideal entry-level job. We're going to build a Tableau public portfolio around that area of expertise. We're going to razor-focus your resume and LinkedIn. And I'm also going to coach you on how to talk about yourself in an interview setting. So if you're ready to break into the analytics space, head over to apprenticeship, and there you can learn more about the program and if you're interested, you can apply. With all that being said, let's start the podcast episode. Hello and welcome to the How to Get an Analytics Job podcast where we will help you discover where you've been to the analytics marketplace, what skills you should build, and how to land your analytics dream job. I'm John David, analytics agency owner and educator.
2: And I'm Elizabeth Illig, a private career coach and higher education professional. In this podcast, we will not only help you land your next analytics job, but we will
0: give you the tools and strategies to level up your career.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, we are going to continue to talk about building skills. And I have a very special guest. So, my buddy Billy Zhao has joined us, and he is going to talk about his experience with classical education versus boot camps versus being self-taught as an analyst. So, Billy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's been a, it's a Sunday, just to let everybody know, so we're putting in that extra time. But yeah, things have things have been flowing pretty well today. Excellent. So... How about we start off with kind of giving some context around who you are and what your career path has been so far?
2: Yeah, so I am a senior data analyst uh, currently working for Yeti. Uh, I've been uh, an analyst for a a small telecom company in the last 10 years. And just recently, I took some time off, uh, went back to school, I went to a a boot camp, uh, offer through Trilogy and uh, University of Texas at Austin, McCone School of Business. That was uh, about a 24 weeks program and very intensively uh, involved in data science and data visualization. And uh, I took that time to study, and after that, I got this uh, position at Yeti, so that's where I am.
1: Interesting. So I guess the next question logically would be, did this boot camp – Really help you get that next position.
2: In a in a ho- holistic sense, it definitely did. Uh, just give you a kind of a background. Well, my last job, when I was working this small telecom company, they had a stack of technology that were a little bit old. And they have an Oracle database. They had a SQL server. Uh, they have Oracle ERP. Uh, and so my position was with the finance team to work on their uh, basic analytical works, but because they are not progressing, they are not going into the cloud, that's where they're staying with uh, older technology, I felt like for the longest time, I couldn't progress. I learned a little bit of Python, I learned a little bit of Tableau, but the most of the time, I felt like I was just still stuck in doing the basic basic SQL uh, statement, building Store procedures and building a little bit of table here and there,
0: and then write a lot of
2: reports based on either Oracle ERP, which is a Java-based program, or Excel. I did write a lot of macro and VBA scripts and so on, but those things seem to be stagnant. When I started thinking for my next career move, I realized uh, in the you know wide-open world, when you see the job posting, uh, the landscape for data analytics changed quite a bit. Now people are requiring you to have uh, skill sets for, you know, from the data point, you need to understand the big data. You need to understand NoSQL. From a programming standpoint, you need to understand Python. From visualization, you will see a lot of job posting require people to do uh, uh, either Tableau or Power BI or uh, even like R, for for instance. So to to get your heads around the, all this kind of a very Chaotic, but at the same time, they're advancing uh, uh, landscape for data analytics. You really need to have a method or some kind of strategy in order to prepare yourself to to fit into that picture. Otherwise, you're just lost. Because you can say I'm really good at one thing, but they want somebody to know good at a bunch of things, or at least to know something of it. Then they are always, you know, choosing someone else who have more of a
1: full stack uh, and analytics uh, skills. Interesting. Yeah, so to give you viewers context, Billy was actually my very first student on Udemy, I believe. Um, that's that's so, yeah. so yeah, that was like what, how long ago was that? Like six months ago at this point?
2: Uh, yeah, it's like, okay, so we actually connected on LinkedIn more than a year ago because I saw some of your posts, uh, some of your uh, teaching, and so I reached out to you. I, I, I At the time, I'm trying to hold my... Tableau skill to get my certificate done. Uh, and then I, f- I just start looking for different resources online. I saw your uh, YouTube series and others. So I'd reach out to you just just let you know that I, I find those very helpful. And later on when you offer the course for uh, a certification, I went ahead to sign up for it and I, I went through the entire course and it really did help me to prepare me for uh, getting my uh, Tableau certification.
1: That's awesome. I'm glad that that actually was helpful because that was I think the second course that I ever published. So, I've kind of sharpened my kind of course building skill set, so to speak. But so that's that's awesome and I I technically categorize those like kind of static courses as being self-taught because you are progressing yourself. There's not a teacher, you're timing yourself. You're not Having deadlines set by a professor or boot camp or some type of institution.
2: Mm-hmm. So that
1: kind of falls into the self taught category. Um, now let's talk a little bit about a classical education. So, are you seeing a lot of analysts who have a degree in analytics? It's half and a half. So, um,
2: I was actually talking with uh, a, a director of uh, BI. Uh, not long ago about this trend, I've seen a lot of people start changing their title from data analyst to data scientist. So I asked him, like, what's the difference? Cause it seems like they I, didn't, I really didn't see them changing in their background or their skill set at all. Why all of a sudden people just want to call themselves data scientists? And his answer was simple. As he said, the people who's changing their role from data analyst to data scientist are the one with advanced degrees specific to that area, meaning they went to a, a four year college or a college that offer a master 's degree in visual an, uh, data analytics or similar fields um, and you know he's in his view, that th- this doesn 't really make whole whole a lot of difference it just data science seems to something better and probably get paid a little bit more um, yeah that's that 's what i understand
1: oh that 's interesting so i I do have a master 's degree have an MBA with a concentration in analytics mm-hmm. but i wouldn 't necessarily Um, call myself a data scientist, um, because I don't actually code at all. So it's interesting you touched on the need to understand the process from top to bottom. And with my consulting agency, I'll just bring in somebody that can do a predictive model in um, R, and then I'll put on top of it a, a data visualization where they can actually use it. So I guess I'm kind of more managing the project and understanding the business need for it. So th- that that's an interesting distinction. And my data scientist has got crazy coding skills. So I feel like a total charlatan calling myself a data scientist. I guess I call myself an analytics expert at this point. Right.
2: So in my opinion, it all this titles don't seem to matter all that much as long as it solves a business question or solve a b- business problem, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I bet you a lot of your audience or, you know, people like me are actually not come from a, you know, computer science or management information system background. A lot of uh, of us came from various, you know, college background. You know, I had a, a music education. I, I got a social science degree uh, from college, but later on I just took on a lot of, because I, you know, I like computer, I like building websites. So I ended up, uh, you know, in a role where where I had to do a lot of uh, uh, data analyst analysis and and a little bit of programming and, and some kind of wide wide programming and wide design. That just you know just how a lot of people coming from a non technical back, background and start filtering into the technical back, uh, field. And the good thing about that is I I I observed around the uh, the high tech world. A lot of people are similar. They're, they don't have a computer science degree. They don't have a technical degree or some kind of engineering degree. And they did just as well as everybody else, partially because they know how to handle with people. Because in the end, you're working in an organization. You're working with a group of team uh, or teams that you had to learn how to, how to deal with uh, a people-to-people, personal skills. And that's a very integral part of the success of any organization.
1: Yeah, so um, I've partnered with um, this woman named Elizabeth who does career services for Wake Forest analytics master's program. And that is one of the top things that she says is it's very difficult to teach the soft skills.
2: Yeah, that's totally correct. Uh, Like eight out of ten times when you're asking a hiring manager what kind of people you're looking for, most likely, they're going to say they're looking for someone who can fit in and who can be a, a good team member. Not necessarily someone who can code all day long but don't want to talk to anybody.
1: We're going to take a quick pause from the episode so that I can give you some more information about our career services program. Over the last four years, I have developed a very effective approach to teaching the foundations of analytics. And I've taken that same curriculum from my case studies and business analytics class at Greensboro College and turned it into a career services program. So, if you've ever thought to yourself as you're listening to this podcast, man, John David students are really lucky. You can have a very similar experience to them. Just check the link in the description down below. My career services program offers you an analytics foundations curriculum. So this will shore up any gaps in knowledge that you might have in landing either a promotion or maybe even your very first analytics job. And then you get to work one-on-one with me to help build your personal brand. So we will look at your resume and also help you develop a customized portfolio. All right, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, it's funny. I literally just recorded a podcast with uh, Christopher Scott, um, who is the Rale- Raleigh Tableau user group leader. And he said the exact same thing, that if you want to just be that person in a dark room and just look, stare at his computer screen and you know code and look at numbers, being an analyst is not the role for you anymore. And it sounds like being a data scientist probably isn't the role for you anymore. I don't know if that even has a place, does it?
2: Probably not. So uh, we worked closely with data scientists. And in a lot of ways, uh, we're sharing a lot of responsibilities. As a business analyst, your job is to go out to engage with uh, business customers in your organization to understand their business needs, to evaluate what they want you to build, uh, fit certain kind of a... um, Uh, priorities or strategic goals and also show the value for this project that, you know, to present for the value for the company. The data scientists essentially have to do the same thing because they're building uh, data science projects and data science models and predictions and, uh, you know, algorithms. Uh, Eventually the thing they build have to show value for the organization, not just some kind of fancy project. that you know, classifier for an image that it looks like a cat is a cat. It doesn't do anything for the business. In the yeah. end, they had to, to produce values.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah, I, I hear that all the time about how it is a challenge to use your time effectively as a data scientist or an analyst. And that is a, that's a big point of trust from your hiring manager. They need to trust that you're actually going to spend your time wisely. So I wanted to, I have this hypothesis about kind of classical versus boot camps versus self-taught. So essentially getting a classical education, it's the highest risk because you're going to be taking out, you know, I'm not sure how many, how how much these master programs are going for across the board, but mine was roughly $30,000. So taking that, that is a pretty big risk on the front end of my career versus mm-hmm. boot camps. You can actually probably speak to this better than I can. It's somewhere in between to where it might be what, five to $10,000. Does that sound? Yeah, Mine
2: is about $10,000. So it is a very significant uh, investment without a doubt. Uh, I have actually looked through, uh, you know, the different different uh, offerings out there for different Path right, so mm-hmm. I did look at the master degree in analytics. Uh, where I am in Austin, Texas, the most premium one is obviously Austin uh, UT Austin, which is mm-hmm. kind of considered a premium school. So their uh, master degree range from fifty to eighty thousand dollars. If it's MBA, it's close to a hundred thousand dollars. It's very pricey. And then if you look at, uh, but they they have they, they tailor made them to different different duration. I think they're even offering some online programs now that are somewhat cheaper, but they require GRE and some other transcript and some other kind of recommendations. So uh, they're fairly selective, uh, so it's not easy to get in. Uh, that's the traditional route. Um, and then the book, book route, I've, I've noticed there are several types. The, the one offered by major universities are the most expensive ones. Uh, they're ranging from anywhere between ten, five. I think five will be on the low end. I actually, haven't seen any five thousand ones. Uh, usually, it's about eight or ten thousand dollars, and then up to like twenty, thirty thousand dollars if you're in like Silicon Valley or whatnot. Um, and then, and then you also have all this uh, uh, online version, or some of the newer ones. I heard that they actually let you uh, take the courses for free, but they all they essentially give you a loan, and then when you get a job, they'll take a cut from from your paycheck. Uh, those actually, if you look at the actual cost after you get the job and get paid back, it will be much, much higher, somewhere between thirty to
1: $40,000. Oh, that's interesting. I have not heard about that model where you don't get charged until you get the job. I mean, that seems like a great way of mitigating your risk because I think the worst thing that could happen, and this is something we talked about in the previous month, is that you don't want to get into a career path and then hate it. And then you're $100,000 in debt, and then you're kind of just in a bad spot, you know?
2: That's right. Uh, Especially considering, from what I observed, people who graduated from either the uh, boot camp or the master's degree, sometimes they still have to take a few months until they can find a job that will fit into uh, the, the kind of career goal they have. Uh, it's, it can be quite stressful after you graduate and take, still, take two, three, four months, try to find the job. And during that two, three, four months, you'll go through dozens and dozens of in, uh, interviews and some of them will give you a rejection. And it can be a pretty taunting process.
1: So I guess on the far right of the spectrum, we have being self-taught. And that one is by far the lowest cost because, I mean, you can pot, you can buy courses on Udemy or even LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, you just pay the subscription and then you have access to their entire course load, um, which is like, I think it's $26 a month um, currently, which isn't a huge amount. And then Udemy, you buy a course. I mean, a lot of times they go on special, so you can buy anywhere from like 5 to 15 or $20 per course, and then you kind of stack them together. So that's So that's in the hundreds of dollars to free boot camps is anywhere from you said eight to twenty thousand. That's right. The classic education, the master's degree is you know twenty thousand all the way up to probably like what two hundred thousand if you wanted to go Ivy League or something crazy. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So I think that kind of gives a pretty good synopsis of the difference between classic boot camp and self-taught paths. Do you have any kind of closing remarks or any kind of advice for the listeners on on how they might find the right fit for themselves
2: well to be honest with you i can only offer you my path Uh, everybody's situation is different some people are naturally well disciplined they can handle the you know the online courses to make sure they always follow through uh but in my case, and and a lot of people I talk to, they like to buy buy up a bunch of online courses, but they just because of various reasons they couldn't keep up. They just let them sit there for a long time. That is a that's a the kind of hidden risk. But however, I had to say this way, um, the bootcamp situation is very intense. So I've noticed a lot of people who are are working full time and going to bootcamp struggled tremendously because they didn't have enough time to, to to finish all the requirements so it's very hard to tell their, their you know the return on investment on that end let me give you one quick example if you're on a if you're in a bootcamp camp course let's say just business analytics data analytics course they're going to cover javascript and web design in one to three weeks period and then you need to build your website with uh you know all the visualization on it that takes a lot of time to learn. It's like, if you've never done a HTML or JavaScript, you're gonna struggle like tremendously. And the only way to get it through is just spend even more time after the class. So you're spending three, four hours a day in the class for the three times or four times a week, and then you'll spend maybe three times more at home. So so, so anybody who sign up for a bootcamp need to be aware that they need to spend a lot of time on their own to get the material to soak in, so that they can get the benefits. Um, online courses have definitely have good roles because nobody's going to spend ten thousand after ten thousand to learn a new skill. So basically. Uh, a mixture of something will be probably ideal. You take some online courses, you you take some in classroom courses. Whenever you're finance allows, laws, and then those online courses can be a good supplement or introduction for a lot of skills that you're not sure you're going to get into or not. So um, that being said, I I do like online courses because they give you just wide range of things that in classroom just don't ever have time to cover. So for instance, I, I want to, you know, learn about some advanced tableau. Uh I I have to go on Udemy or even YouTube to find the right uh solutions. And I just don't have time or the money to spend another twenty thousand dollars to go to a classroom just to learn Tableau.
1: Right. Yeah. It's I mean, and it sounds like you don't need to spend all that money. You can kind of take these smaller classes to fill in the gaps. That's right. Um, you know,
2: everybody's, uh, you know, resources are limited. You have to selectively use your money wisely. But at the same time, your goal is very clear. I go back to this uh, fundamental point is you need to set a goal, whatever that goal is, and then you have to evaluate how you get there and then make a a very calculated and very effective and cost-effective uh, 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 solution to go with.
1: Wow. Well, that, that sounds like some fantastic advice i really appreciate you taking the time to kind of break down this topic and i mean you're the perfect person to ask too so thank you so much for your time today oh no problem i enjoy talking with you hey i hope you really enjoyed this episode is if you just took 30 seconds and left us a review with a little blurb about what you learned. Thank you so much for your time and attention and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day.